Kablam. Yo, yo. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how's, uh, how's the week been for you? It's been pretty busy, actually. Mm. It's, been, uh, it's been pretty eventful with lots of different things this week, which maybe I'll be able to talk about a little bit more next week. But um, yeah, I've had like uh, video shoots. Uh, I've had like video people come in and film me and I've had lots of meetings and things like that. So it's been an interesting juggling uh, situation this week, but it's been lots of fun. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been busy, but that's good. Yeah. How's your week been? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, working away at some stuff, just creating a little program um, yes. for, for lower back pain. So right. that's, um, yeah, it's fun to like just piece together some of the stuff and um, think about the structure of it some. Yeah. And, you know, what, what like, you know, over the years of doing this, like why she works uh, for people across the board. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's a good little process. So, yeah, I'll talk about it more when that's more of a, when that's more of a thing, when it's more ready to, ready to go out there. But uh, yeah, right. you're keeping us, you're doing a whole like watch this space thing as well. It's like, oh, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. What the, I know, and and yeah, obviously I'm doing a little program as well, um, which has turned into quite a big program. But um, again, I I feel like over the weeks, as I start to, to get it all together, I mean, it is pretty much all together, but I've got a few things that I want to, redo now that i've got one of those rode microphones that you're wearing i am um, i feel like i need to redo a few things so uh yeah and then I'll, I'll probably start talking about it as well but similar sort of stuff i think yeah yeah you hear yourself back you're like oh that could be so much better oh i know but also just hearing yourself as well it's like getting used to the podcast and getting used to just hearing yourself talk the whole time is it's a whole different level and I think this last year especially in the pandemic where we had to do a lot more zoom we had to do a lot more um filming and production and things like that it's it's been weird I'm I'm, I'm more used to it now hearing myself but it has been pretty weird yeah. listening back to myself and editing myself for hours and hours it's I don't know yeah <laughs> You're like, I'm sick of myself. How do people put up with me? <laughs> I'm sick of my face. And no, I don't want to hear myself anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, yes. Yeah, so I am a bit like, oh, I've got to do some more editing. But it, it mm. is what it is. So it's all good. It's yeah, learning, it's, isn't it? All the time. Yeah, exactly. It's worth it. It's worth the process when you know what you're going to come out with at the end of it as well. Absolutely. You know, it's something that's going to help out a lot of people. So, yeah, it's worth the effort. And what's really, really interesting about it as well is that you it will change over time and I think we spoke about this before it's like you get the the contents for the program ready and then over time you start to think no I could have done that better I could have could have said that better um I feel like that message could have been better there or maybe I want to add that so it's going to change over time the program as it is now that I'm doing will change this time next year and how I maybe market it and that kind of thing as well so mm -hmm. Yeah, in the spirit, in the spirit of the podcast, it will evolve. It will absolutely evolve, as will I. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of natural to know that my program will, and then just batting off what we were talking about last week on evolve. It's like maybe I'll do a diastasis recti program as well, and mm. that I think that would be really useful. Because at first I was like, yeah. nah, but now I'm like, yeah, yeah, that might be quite useful actually. So, yeah. um, I'll do that at some point. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like step at a time, step at a time. Yeah, one step at a time. No, I can't think about that right now. There's too much to do. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, remind us what uh, who's Juju Kablam? Yeah. Uh, Why is that your name? So Juju Kablam. So it actually batted off your name, G Banger. And I think we had a conversation once where you were like, oh, we're talking about DJing and um, uh, emceeing and that kind of thing. And you were like, my MC name is G Banger. And at that point, I was like, well, I want a DJ name or an MC name. What can my be? And uh, Especially I, since you were actually a DJ as well. Yeah, exactly. And and I had a I wasn't a professional DJ in any way, shape, or form. I just I played to myself mainly, and you know had a lovely time. <laughs> um, and I I never knew what I was going to call myself then. I think well, I think I actually wanted to call myself Trinity, uh, obviously. <laughs> like the Matrix stuff. Of course, yes. Yeah. Um, but no. So we were trying to figure out a name for me, and I think you came up with Juju jazz or something like that and i was like oh no that's not edgy <laughs> enough no no yeah and then oh this is a really good story actually well it's, it's good to me um and then i was watching toy story 4 and there's a character in it who's like a motorcycle driver who's actually voiced by keanu reeves so i was like ah, oh, yeah. perfect and uh and he says at some point kablam and i was just like that's what it is, Juju Kablam. That, <laughs> and then it just stops from there. That's it. It's not just Juju Kablam. It's Juju Kablam. Yeah, you have to say it Kablam. Like well. And everyone That's does. Like, my mate, like, will text me Kablam, and it is yeah. that. And uh, and now it's evolved into Kablamo, hasn't it? Right. Like, it's oh, like the original. The, the the original is the best. The original is the best. Kablam, Juju Kablam. But you know, I have you know variations kablamo uh yeah or uh, if you say pow pow which is your kind of tagline sometimes i'll be like kablam kablam yeah. <laughs> or pew, a it's a mouthful yeah oh man it's like get your get your tiny tiny, I, tiny little guns out for that i one. do you like pow pow and i'm like pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. i don't know exactly. <laughs> I know I am like kablam um and I do sometimes say that on my own when I'm driving or something I'm like yeah kablam um <laughs> just cheat yourself up it's like where are you going where you need to tell yourself kablam <laughs> I, I don't know there. I got yeah. through some lights or I did a good turn I don't know I've done <laughs> <laughs> I reverse parked into somewhere kablam that's what I it nailed is. that kablam <laughs> See that I'm in between the lines. Kablam. <laughs> I reverse parked perfectly. Kablam. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. But that's, it is. that's fun. Keeps but... you going through the day. Exactly. Because, you know, otherwise yeah. it's just, it's all a bit bleak. Well, it was for a while. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anything to cheer myself up. Yeah. <laughs> So I must just tell you last week um, that my dad, so I had my, I had the podcast on on YouTube and my, my parents were over um, helping me out with some stuff and, and my dad was like, is, is he Spanish? And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, no. Um, 
And then and then and then he was like, yeah, but his name's his name's Grenado. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, there's a few things that just misdirected him, you know. And I was That's like, brilliant. no, he's a he's a he's Gurinda, really. He was like, oh, yeah. okay. And then and then apparently I look like some BBC newsreader. <laughs> like if you were giving it that voice i would have just told you to get off the podcast like i'm like i'm not dealing with that BBC no. what that yeah. very well spoken no i i have a bit of a cockney twang don't i so uh yeah, yeah i was like do i sound like a newsreader which one i don't <laughs> don't know but it was really funny that's yeah that's brilliant you know what i've had like so many nationalities to really be in the past it's have like, you uh, same yeah is like, yeah like, what have you got? Um, so I get Spanish a lot or Italian, and I'm like, no, no, Israeli, Jewish, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I get Italian, Spanish, um, all about, yeah, you know, just maybe Mediterranean, which I suppose I sort of am. My dad's Israeli, but mm. we've got kind of um, Eastern European heritage. But yes, I get I get a lot, uh, different, various. Uh, yeah, mainly that though. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about you? Yeah, well, wherever I travel, I try and pick up a little bit of the um, the dialogue, for a bit of the language from there. Just simple things like, you know, please, thank you as well. Like, the locals love it when you're just you know, yeah. trying to make an effort. Um, but I'm, I'm decent at being able to pronounce words. So <laughs> it's happened to me. So if I've ended up in Greece and I'm just like... Uh, oh, I get that. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 So I just said something to them and then they just stopped speaking to me in Greek. And then... And then, so people from there, like they've thought, "Oh, you, you're Greek, right?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> I'm so far from it." And then uh, it's happened. Yeah, I've been to Spain, and just like people just assume yeah. Spanish. And then Italy as well, same thing. Yeah. Like um, it's happened. Same uh, Brazilian. I've had that thrown at me. Yes. Um, yeah. All of that. Portuguese as well. Yeah. yeah I've just had all all of, all of those. Maltese, I've had as well. Maltese. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's just the dark hair, isn't it? People are like, oh, you're Italian. It's like, no. It's good. At least it means you can blend in anywhere. <laughs> English and Israeli. Yeah. Well, blend in anywhere. That would be good. So if you wanted to, like, become a spy, people yeah. would people would, uh, people would notice. I'd be totally convincing. I'd be yeah. totally convincing as a spy, <laughs> wouldn't I? I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be too worried. Yeah. You'd be like, just have a shit. Shot the assassin, shot the guy who's trying to kill you. Kablam. Kablam. <laughs> I, I did my job. Kablam. I would yeah. I would like to be a Jason Bourne type character though, I have to say. I could do that job. I'd like to I'd like that yeah. training. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you not? Know <laughs> yeah. I would. I would. well, yeah, I'd love that training, just without the mental torture bit. Yeah, um, obviously. But I'd yeah. like that teams with a bit of matrix where like, you know, you just insert a program and then into my brain and then I can fly stuff and do all that. So a bit of both together. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But we know from our neuroscience reading that that would just we be do. possible, would it? It can't be possible because no, you cannot no. learn all your senses at once. Mm. You remember yeah. that, right? Remember our That's conversation true. about how Trinity won't be able to fly that helicopter because yeah. you have to have previous experience, you have to know all of your senses before you can then implement that new skill. Is that what yeah, we came up with? It was the, the, the sensory motor feedback loop, right? Yes. So just because you have, just because you've got like expert level um, 
you've got expert level knowledge downloaded into your brain doesn't mean yeah. you actually know how to use it because you actually have to go out into the real world and, and be able to apply it put apply it and put it into put that motor output into effect and um yeah so you just can't do that so like in matrix where Trini just gets the thing downloaded into her brain the program to fly the helicopter, the helicopter. she wouldn't be able to do it you know, just like that she'd actually have to practice um, so, the motor yeah, skill yeah absolutely but also the visual skill as well to navigate the, it, just where you are in space as well so yeah it's learning all your senses within that particular skill you'd have to almost create that neuroplasticity right sorry <laughs> a bit lispy but yeah you'd have to create that <laughs> neuroplasticity there you go yeah. <laughs> Why that's, am I lispy? Let's, let's, let's get it out there. Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's, uh, you're let's... Not, you're not, you don't have a lisp. Like, well, what's producing it? So I have got Invisalign uh, uh, retainers, braces at the moment. And the reason that I've got them is I was inspired by uh, James Nestor's book, Breath. And James, it's I can highly recommend reading this book. Like I, I think I plowed through it in a day just because I was on a bit of a roll. It's a really well written book. He he writes beautifully. He's a journalist as well, so he's he's weaved a bit of his own story within the actual book, and it's his journey into how to breathe better, how to re how to breathe well, and he he gets assessed and and he looks at his health and. It's all about basically techniques to help you breathe better. So for him, one of the key things is nose breathing. And he actually, for a good chunk of time, taped his mouth day and night and walked around. During the day, yeah, during the day as well. Exercised with mouth tape as well, which he said was phenomenally hard um, to try and get into that. You, you literally want to, you feel like you're panicky at certain points because you can't quite get the, 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 the airing that you need. Um, but one of the really interesting things that he was talking about is jaw anatomy and teeth and jaw health and how in this day and age in Western society, there is a tendency for our jaws to, to cave in a little bit because of the nature of our diet. So many, many years ago when we didn't have access to all the foods, the processed foods that we have access to now, um, we were chewing on bones and meat more and chewing on raw vegetables and things that actually were, were challenging to chew. And when you chew like that, and I'm going to try and get this right, it, it generates and creates stem cells that then create more. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it is, but just just space and movement. And it's like it, it makes the teeth better. I can't remember what the stem cells created, but it just created more, generated more stem cells within the jaw anatomy that kept your teeth well spaced. And I, was, I just found all that really, really interesting. So not only does it help you to, you know, obviously look better, chew better, like eat your food better, but if you then tape your mouth and you've got this good jaw anatomy going on, then it helps you to breathe better. And it has so many health benefits that we know. Like I think you take your mouth, I take my mouth at night as well. Um, and just the very nature of breathing through the nose and not through the mouth brings, well, it's the air is cleaned and filtered before it goes down into your lungs. So obviously within the nose, we have lots of different things going on, but we have essentially hair that holds all the bacteria. And 
So we filter that air that's going down into our lungs. And it is just a more functional way of, um, of breathing. Um, maybe I won't go into it too much because it'd be good to have a full on conversation about that. But one of the reasons or one of the things that James actually talks about is that you can get uh, like wire placed at the back of your teeth to keep your jaw spaced. And he's like, and that's a great thing to do. But I was like, mm, okay, I've had a couple of knocks in martial arts, like wrestling with my teeth and they've kind of not been knocked back and I feel like my jaw's caving in. So maybe I need to initially start with aligning my teeth and getting them spaced better. And then I'll get that, that wire that you put behind the teeth to keep my teeth well spaced. So it stops my jaw caving in. It, it, help, it promotes good anatomy and better breathing and everything like that. So yeah, it, the aligners are great, but it does feel like I'm wearing gum shields top and bottom 24 seven. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it does make me a little bit lispy at times. And when I first put a new, a new retainer in, I get really, um, sometimes my S's whistle. <laughs> and when I was teaching um, my mat work classes, obviously on Zoom, you're, you're speaking for a really long time and um, there's an amazing amount of words in the vocabulary when you're teaching Pilates that begin with S or have S in them, like spine and even though it's not S, centre and knees and ankles. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and one of my mates does my class and she knows that I've got these retainers. She's got them as well. And I was just I was just like chuckling away to myself teaching in zoom like which is a bizarre concept anyway because you're just teaching to yourself and I could hear my s's whistling and I was like I wonder if Laura's laughing because I was like fine and leave and yeah. <laughs> so yeah I'm a, I apologize if I'm a bit a bit lispy but I put new retainers in today and each retainer does a slightly different area of your mouth so yeah, um, yeah, so sorry, super serious, yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like there's uh, yeah, there's there's method to the madness, right? It's like, why is she sounding lispy all of a sudden? It's like, oh, yeah, for this reason. yeah, yeah, so it's that's why. Yeah, so, yeah, so essentially, it's like it's just um, creating like basically, if the jaw is too retracted or if it's too small, it's yeah. going to close the airway, and Absolutely. a lot of people, a lot of people are suffering with. Um, a retracted jaw, a small mm -hmm. jaw, crowded yeah, as a result, got crowded teeth. Crowding. And so um, uh, you, you just can't breathe as well because literally, you know, if you actually were wanted to observe, observe the anatomy, it would just basically literally physically pushes back against the, um, uh, the windpipe or just that, um, you know, where you're supposed to breathe through and you just don't have enough space. So whereas Absolutely. you start working on creating that space again, which is very possible. People think you can't change the shape of your jaw. You absolutely can. We we yeah, we talk cool. about this, don't we, with the phylum and stuff. If you want to, you know, explain what that is, yeah. that's a really useful thing to do as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, you're creating that, um, uh, basically improving the anatomy of your jaw, just kind of like how you're improving, you know, your uh, your posture or your muscles by um, doing certain work um, to get stronger, to get more. Uh, get more movement in your body, all those different kinds of things. You can do the same yeah. thing with your jaw because, you know, it's made of the same structures, bones and muscles and tendons and ligaments. Absolutely. And, um, 
Yeah, and then that uh, the Falun, for example, is like uh, just that Turkish hard gum. And because we don't chew as much as we ever used to anymore because we've got so many soft foods and it's like, uh, when I really think about it as well, because I have a shake a day, I essentially have two meals a day. So it's like if I have a shake a day and then the other meal is actually solid food. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm probably chewing for 20 to 45 minutes, depending on how relaxed I am about my eating. And what it is as well, right? It depends yeah, what you're yeah. eating as well. Yeah, exactly. And when we compare that to like just even just not even that long ago, we don't have to go back to hunter-gatherer days, but it's like it could be a couple hundred years like before we started um, having such wide access to food. It was like four or five hours a day you'd be chewing for, yeah, yeah. which is which is wild. You know, you just like put something in your mouth and chew it or to actually chew down your food because it was a bit chewier. So like, you know, yeah. in our modern world, okay, it's great. It's better that we're able to get good access to food. But the, the flip side of that is, is we're losing something which has, has a great impact on our ability to function. And so a big yeah. part of it is breathing. And that's a big reason why you'd want to do it. Because yeah. especially people who suffer from sleep apnea, a lot of the times it's just, um, because of that anatomy of the of the face and the jaw so if you're able to adjust that improve that then your breathing starts to improve and your sleep quality will naturally improve as well and the whole thing about taping your mouth shut is because it stops you it forces you to actually use your nose rather than use your mouth and it sounds like a wild idea but the nose is an organ it's like it's similar to other things in the body in the sense that if you don't use it you lose it you know it's like use it or lose it kind of uh, principle so like patrick McEwen, who does the oxygen advantage is like massive authority on this over the last 20 plus years yeah. like just trying to really like you know get people to breathe through the nose first and foremost because we talked last week about functional movement and then this relates to that as well as like what is the baseline that you want to see and you want to be able to see that people can breathe through their nose yeah efficiently effectively without um, without resistance, without restriction, and so by um, by forcing yourself to breathe through your nose, you actually get better at breathing through your nose. It's just like you know, if I do this exercise, I'm going to get better at this exercise, or I'm going to build yeah. some more. So it's the uh, same thing with the nose. So again, all related to being having being able to oxygenate your body properly, uh, being able to take in more air without actually having to do more for it so it's not like you have to breathe more for it and that in itself has some other compounding effects which you don't want to happen if you're breathing more all the time you're actually not getting as much oxygen as you think you are so which is wild paradox but essentially you're doing all this work so you can breathe better you have better cardiovascular or cardiorespiratory fitness and you have a better ability to oxygenate yourselves um so you're mentally more alert and physically more capable of um, pushing your body yeah absolutely um when you take your mouth do you take your mouth every night no i'm lucky i don't need to like when i started doing it um there were a couple of nights i was like i really feel the benefit yeah like i just felt i woke up in the morning i was i'm taking in like a big breath of it yeah right that's what it felt like yeah but um but then I stopped noticing a benefit after that. So it's essentially the only time I want to do it is if I feel like I'm, if I know I'm not going to get enough sleep, 
And if I know um, I'm feeling a little bit either stressed or I feel like my body's going to come yeah. be run down or I'm going to come down with something, then I'll tape it shut because that's when you're more likely to start breathing through your mouth to yeah. make up for the potential that your nose isn't going to do the job. So that's the only time I'll do it. And thankfully, that's rarely. It's funny that you say that. But... Yeah. It's it's funny that you say that you do it when you're stressed. I think you, I naturally I don't take my mouth every night either, but I naturally taped it quite a lot this week. I think because of the pressure of just new things like being filmed, that kind of stuff, just just stuff that's just out of my comfort zone. And you know, don't be, don't get me wrong, the the podcast is great, but again, it's taking myself out of the co- my comfort zone. And and I think I've I felt like it's good stress, it's good agitation, but at the same time, trying to get to sleep and stay asleep. I I was struggling with it at the beginning of the week so I just started to take my mouth and actually I had an amazing night's sleep what was it Wednesday to Thursday and I take my mouth and it was like wow that that was much needed and 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 and, you know and sometimes I don't feel the need to do it but I think this week was definitely a must for for the taping and that helps yeah great yeah you get to that level where you just need to use it once in a while yeah do it yeah and you know what I, I miss the film the the mastic gum that you can chew which is essentially like chewing but how we would many years ago you know bones whatever um you can't really chew them with the invisalign because it will just get stuck and mm. so i'm missing that amount of chewing do you still do it do you still chew the the mastic gum yeah to a couple few two or three times a week yeah so again, it's really important not every day yeah it just is like in, if I'm just doing something where I don't have to, I'll just talk. go for a walk. I'll just yeah, yeah chew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. um, I'm gonna get yeah, jaw. Yeah, end. me too. Pah, out here. Yeah, me too. Like over the time, you'll see my teeth change, and then one day, yeah, there we know. People could be asking, "Is like, do you happened?" Yeah, yeah, for yeah, my jaw. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, so that's that's why I sound a bit lispy, and that's the whole reason why. And I would absolutely recommend that people read James Nestor's Breath um, book because it, it's a it's a great read, and he covers lots of different ways of breathing as well. And I use them quite a lot. There's something called box breathing and coherent breathing. So box breathing is a great way of calming the nervous system down quite quickly. Um, I think that he mentions in the book that uh, it's either the Marines or the SAS use it as a technique to calm themselves down but retain focus. So box breathing is where essentially you're you're kind of thinking of the boxes you breathe. So you breathe in for four, you hold for four, you breathe out for four, you hold for four. And you kind of, you you consistently do that. And it does, it kind of keeps, keeps that mental clarity but calms you down. So it's a really useful tool. I tend to do it at the end of my classes as well. I'll do either some coherent breathing, which is a little bit longer, or I'll do box breathing, or I'll take them into like a body relaxation where they're, they're just nose breathing or something like that. And it does, it just it just dials everything down and, and brings you back to that base level, I think. So yeah, I'd highly, highly um, recommend. Yeah, for sure. Like um, It's like yeah, if you know you're in that stress state, you're in a situation yeah. where you're stressed, it's also, it's a, really simple really effective tool that you can do innocuously like nobody has to know that you're doing it as well and what it's doing is okay so you know the balance in your nervous system generally you want it to be doing this Mm -hmm. you know like if stressed 
rested is generally in balance is like that nice alert slash calmness to you mm. alertness and calmness to you you're stressed it just goes boom up here yeah use box breathing to help you re get back to equilibrium that's yeah. where that's useful that's why i like the, the the breath in and out and the hold hold is equal. yeah but you can if you actually need to put yourself into a more recovery state to get you here then you would actually hold your uh, you would actually breathe out for longer so you would actually change the ratio of the breath to get yourself to an even more relaxed state and and that has its time and place as well um, so, so there's different kinds of breathing for that with that you breathe in say for four and then you breathe out for six is that what you're saying with if you you take that breath a little bit longer is is that yeah i would say uh, uh, twice the ratio so oh, okay breathe in for four breathe out for eight okay nice i personally like to do breathe in for five out for ten okay and then i mean it only takes a minute literally like that's four rounds of doing five ten breathing yeah and so essentially if you it doesn't matter if you do it to seconds, it's just the count is more important, the, the ratio is more important. So you just go into breathe in for five, out for 10, and then do that like four like four times for a minute, eight times for two minutes. A couple of times down. Actually, yeah, you actually feel yeah. pretty, pretty chill afterwards, pretty relaxed. You can actually feel some tension in your body just yeah. relaxing as well. I think all the breathing, that there's a lot of, everyone's really hot on breathing and, and different different techniques for breathing, but I still am quite hot on the anatomy of breathing. Like it's all very well saying, hey, you need to take deep breaths. But if you do suffer from anxiety or you are stressed, when someone says to you deep breaths, it's like often that might not feel great. You might still be breathing into your chest or your shoulders and 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 maybe an explanation around coherent breathing around box breathing around those sort of kind of double breathing breaths um breathing into your center breathing in not just to your belly but the lateral sides of your ribs and into your back a little bit as well i mean maybe that's something we can cover another time but um the actual anatomy of how to breathe well i think is really important because you know when i was a musician people were like just take deep breath and and sometimes you don't know how how do you take a deep breath and feel and feel good so yeah. i actually think the anatomy of how to take that deep breath well is important as as well yeah and is um that actually you're touching on something which is a really common misconception as well as mm. like if you need if you need to calm down like people usually just say you know you're in a situation where you just need to uh, kind of recalibrate yourself you need to yeah. pull yourself together and they're like just take a deep breath it's like how yeah. yeah how number one but it's actually not a good idea to do that you actually want to take a deep breath but you want to have a longer slower exhale yeah for sure and controlled as well yeah because taking that deep breath in actually what actually happens is the mechanism is to actually increase your stress so yeah if you're just if it's just a breath in so you actually want to decrease your stress so you can actually start thinking more calmly and be have more clarity so you actually want to breathe out for longer than you breathe in in that situation so it's not just hey take a deep breath it's like yeah breathe in and then yeah and control that breath out yeah mm -hmm. and um kathy dooley who i've studied a lot with she's um an anatomist uh and she she does a lot of the courses that we have done and uh, the anatomy courses that i've done she often describes the breath out as Imagine you're breathing out through a straw, a small straw. So you get that control and you get that that length 
of breath out as well, which I, I always teach and I find that really useful. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just helps to make you realize like how much control you need to have over it. Yeah. Over it because it's not like, um, it's, it's kind of, um, we just let it go. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, just, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. It's like you're taking, you're doing, like, especially if you're under duress during exercise. Yeah. And then you're trying really hard to breathe in, you're just letting go of that breath. But actually, if you control that breath as much as you can, the, again, it's, it, it's not your need for oxygen that triggers your breathing. It's actually your, um, how much carbon dioxide is sitting in your system, which tells yes. you to pull more oxygen in. So having control of that breath actually helps you use oxygen better. In your, in your body so having that control of that out breath um, that's uh, that's a key thing so you do that as much as you can as best as you can it's always going to be a situation where you just can't it's like yeah it usually comes up in physical training it's like when you're training you're hard you're going hard you're going hard you're going hard you're doing the best yeah. you can to breathe in and out through the nose and uh, and then it's kind of more naturally happens to be able to control your breath out through your nose because it's just a small space you just can't puff it out like you can with your mouth yeah you have to it'll you'll get forced out through the nose so um, but yeah, you just go struggle. So, and that's fine. It's just you basically you do it as best as you can until you absolutely a greater and greater and greater threshold to be able to control that breath out. When you're um, when you're running, do you nose breathe? Yeah, completely. Do you the whole time? Yeah. Whole wow, time. that's impressive. I can't do it. Mm. No, it's like can you do it like even a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I can, I, but I think. I think with me with running, I'm I, I'm just like oh, I just want to run faster. And I think if I if I'm nose breathing, I have to slow down and focus yes. on that. Mm. And I think and this is maybe something that we can come on to. It's like I just need to get it done, you know. And so I I'm less able to think about nose breathing. And maybe it's something that I need to when I've got a bit more time. But I just I need to get that run done, so I can't think about that. But yeah, yeah I have to slow down. When um mm. when I when I think about the nose breathing and running, yeah. um yeah, that's fine as well. I mean, like again, it's just a matter of doing what you can. Even when I'm hauling ass, like I'm trying to go faster, is um, I'm still like ninety percent of it. I'm breathing in and out through my nose. Serious? Wow. Yeah, there'll be a couple of times where it's just, you know, I just have to breathe out through my mouth. I need to get yeah. rid of this. I need to. Yeah. I need to breathe. And sprint is I'm still like. Is I'm still trying really, really hard to breathe in and out through the nose, but then there'll just be a couple of breaths which, like, I just can't hold yeah. the. I, I feel like the urge to inhale or let that breath go through the mouth is too much, and uh, and yeah, and that's when it happens. Is like you're pushing, you're getting to that hundred percent effort level is when you yeah. really need to use that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I've taken hits to the nose, but thankfully it's um, me too. Relatively intact, I guess. I mean, like. The, the fact that it's probably the size of a strawberry probably helps me. Uh, <laughs> a giant organic strawberry grown in the height of summer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that probably helps. But, it's, um, but again, it's like a tool, right? It's like, it's, uh, just use it or lose it. It's the it. best thing to have. Don't dish your nose. It's the best <laughs> yeah. thing. People kill for noses like that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, fine. I'll take the, I'll take it. <laughs> I've um, I've been punched many a time on the nose. Um, nice. Yeah, it's, great. It's like, okay, not a good look. Like the, I feel like we need to clarify that. It's like, wait, is that because Jude 
just goes out looking for fights? Yeah. Is it like, is she a fighter? What is this? Or yeah. know, who's she no. hanging around with? You just smack her in What happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. No, I, um, I, 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 I haven't done Thai boxing recently, but over many, many years I, I've done Thai boxing and um, it's my favourite thing. It's great. And, uh, yeah, so I've been in many sparring situations. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what, that, the face. That's I what, don't know what that says about me, really, does it? I love it. It's great. Uh, and, Punch me in yeah. the face. Punch me. <laughs> Do it. Try. Just try. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, it's a it's a tough sport, but sparring is another level with that sort of stuff because it's not just it's not just you know oh you're punching and kicking or whatever. It's you have to think about strategy to get to that person. Um, so yeah, I've I've often been punched on the nose, and it's the thing that pisses me off the most. If someone gets me on the nose you can guarantee that I'll win that round in sparring because I do not like being punched on the nose. I'm like, yeah. right. And, uh, yeah. And then so they, if I, if I, okay. So it helps you level up pretty much. Yeah. And then you'll get a heavy right. kick and, uh, right. nice. and so if and I ever I'll... need to get the best out of you, I just got to tweak your nose and then that's it. You're, you're in next level. Yeah. I, I would look out though. Cause I might <laughs> <laughs> retaliate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come um, at you like I'll come at you wearing a suit that makes me look like the, um, the State Park Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Good luck I'm punching like, me with fully, that. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm fully padded, so like, um, I need to get the best out of you. Oh, do you know? I hate it. Like my, my one of my trainers used to used to just do it because he knew it used to really rile me up, and that, and it always used to be at the end of the round, and then and then I'd be able to like just let it go and kick and kick and kick. So um, yes. I don't like being punched on the nose. It's also in wrestling, I don't like being pushed onto the floor. Like there's been a couple of guys that have managed to land me flat on my back from quite a height. And and you end up and you're like, oh. and that that gets me as well. So then <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm like, Kablam! Um, <laughs> Juju, Juju Kablam comes out. Oh yeah, I yeah. Um so yes. Uh, that's why I, I've been punching the nose, and you can I do feel like I have got a bit of a bit of a break on my nose. And yeah, I get you know injuries from from martial arts as a woman. They're not great. <laughs> do you remember <laughs> I told you that I had the beginnings of a bit of cauliflower ear? <laughs> yeah, that's gone down. Thankfully, it's not a good look for a girl, really. Uh, nah, just <laughs> nah. It's like it's, I don't know. There's 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 a subsect of guys out there who just be intimidated by that. Like, oh, she could kick my ass. No, thank you. Not great. No. <laughs> no, I yeah. I was mortified when I, I was like, oh no, what's that? Could feel like this lump in my ear, and then slowly, slowly it went down. But I was just like, I actually I was worried about it, so I bought the the head thing for when we go back to oh, wrestling. Yeah. So I've got the underpants for my head for where for when we go back. <laughs> <laughs> the pants for my head, brilliant. You know, with the ears and the, the and you've got to tie it round, and it's like it's not good. <laughs> and I won't be able to hear anything, but I've got it because I just can't have my ears get more cauliflowery. No, no, just generally don't want that. But it's fine. <laughs> it's a sign you've you put yourself through through something. 
I mean, I think, you know, it, it shows, you know, I've knocked my teeth in wrestling. I've only been doing it four months, only before we locked down. Mm-hmm. I managed to knock one of my teeth back, twist the other, get a bit of cauliflower here. I mean, it does kind of show you that my motto is go hard or go home. And uh, I think I uh, lived up to that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the training sessions, everybody's like completely battered off two hours of hard warm up. And then doing some hard wrestling as well. Yeah. And, and then you're like, Sylvia, can we do some more burpees? Yeah. Like, can, I, can we do some circuits? Where did come from? <laughs> what what did like, you do that for? Every, I'm like, <laughs> circuits! Everyone just literally looks at me and wants to kill yeah. me, don't yeah. they? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. what? Let's do them. <laughs> and even Sylvia's like, not today. We've worked hard <laughs> enough. And I'm like, no, come um, on. He gets Wait. excited, man. He's like, somebody comes up with that. He's like, oh, sick. Let's go. He did, did such a good one once where we all had to be in planks. And he was like, who's going to win? It was like a competition. I don't think you were there. Yeah. But a few, a few, like Sam was there. And I think Chad was there. And, um, and he literally made us hold different planks. Like, you know, the ones where you had to put your hands on your shoulder. You're in full planks. So you've got your legs out straight. You're on your hands. And then you have to like tap one shoulder with one hand and then tap the other shoulder with the other hand, lift one leg up, lift the other leg up. And then we had to come down onto our elbows, come back up and do it all again. And he literally, that, honestly, I swear, it was for about six minutes. And at the end, it was me, uh, Mel, and another guy, I can't remember his name. <laughs> and, and I just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't hold it any longer, so Mel won. But... Um, yeah, Sylvia, if you're listening, can we do that again when we go back? <laughs> Let's do it. All the push-up things that we did, like, you know, when we all have to count down, and uh, that, that was fun. I miss it so much. Yeah, yeah. there's been oh. loads of exercises. There are loads of drills, which were just so much fun. Like the commando crawls as well. Yeah. It's always good. The cartwheels, yeah. all of that. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait to go back. I know, I know. Let's see. Let's see if that happens. I mean, if we're wrestling, if we're, going, if we're doing jiu-jitsu, then that basically would mean it's like if you're able to mix you're yeah if we're allowed to, to mix up yeah open, exactly in an open class it's like all right we're in a good place so yeah we're here hopefully let's hope hope it happens soon um yeah so it's such good fun it's so i think it's so good for you as well to it's 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 just how to figure out how to move someone and and figure out how to to work with someone, I don't know, like you'll probably be able to describe it better because I haven't been doing it very long, but it is, you're trying to work out how to get out of a situation or how to get into a situation, aren't you? And and it's great, it's, it's a great skill, but also having that full contact, it's quite personal as well to to wrestle with someone or to do jits with someone, like you, you are, you're having to navigate yourself into different positions to try and either get away or, or get someone, so, um, I don't know why I think that's a life skill, but it's it's just um, it's a useful way of just navigating maybe a situation that you're not entirely comfortable with. Yeah, I know. That's, that's perfect. I mean, I do know why it's a life skill. <laughs> you need to. Well, well yeah. And foremost, yeah. Like everybody should. Everybody needs to learn how to like defend themselves. Yeah. I think everybody needs to learn the consequences of violence. And yes. Like intimately i'm not talking you see somebody get hit in the face or something like that it's like no you need to know how easy it is for you to get fucked up by somebody who just knows a little bit about what they do well, yeah 100 percent. and 
and also to be able to have the confidence to be able to handle that kind of violence as well because yeah. whatever people might say about you know we should move beyond violence like but look it's it's a part of us it's it's a part of our nature so we should learn how to have control something which can have devastating consequences and so from that individual perspective um it like forget societally just for just for a person it's like the amount of confidence that you can gain from knowing how to handle yourself in a physical confrontation yeah it does does a couple of things it's like like a big one is i just think there would just be less physical confrontations if if everybody knew like how how devastating it could be in the sense that um they they know how to handle themselves and you're looking down the street and you're like you might get vexed at someone but you're thinking that person might know how to handle themselves it just it averts uh, for me i feel like there's there's a greater chance of you averting trouble yeah. um because like i mean i've had it with um Sylvie's Sylvie's a great example of this again as well because he's been wrestling his whole life so he's got uh, like you know he's got a couple of big ass cauliflower ears going on and yeah I remember him telling us a story where he's driving around in London and then uh you know caught up in London traffic and then there's some dude who's just horning away at him because he I don't know whatever happened but he felt like you know he got wronged by Sylvie um in in traffic or something and uh, like maybe you cut him off or whatever but like the guy was just wanting at him and just giving him a lot of grief and then Sylvie like kind of he stuck his head out the window and, uh, and then the guy was like oh for fuck's sake and he just shut up and you stopped bothering mm -hmm. him yeah right yeah okay yeah exactly all yeah. right I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna get involved here yeah that's just a really simple example i've had it yeah who's um uh, in Canada who's a martial artist and like he just there's a story of him like out with his buddies and then just some dude's like uh just get drunk he doesn't know who he is but he's just calling him out for a fight he's like get over here man like I want to mm. fuck you up or something and then his buddy was just obviously he wanted no part of it but a buddy of his like at some point the guy who just kept um pushing for it and uh and then his buddy just shouted to him he's like hey Rick don't forget to stretch um, <laughs> And then, the, and then the guy who was starting the fight was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then so he started doing some like stretches and stuff like that, just getting himself geared up. It obviously looked like he knew what he was doing. That's right. Like, oh, I don't, don't want to fight. I'm out. Him, and he just gets out. So it's hilarious, right? So he just yeah. realized that, you know, all, all talk, no, no, no ability to back it up. But I think it makes, um, uh, but I think there's just a couple of stories. It just goes to show is like, if you know yeah. how to handle yourself, um, there's, uh, people don't yeah you know nobody wants to mess with that so there's um there's a greater chance for civilized <laughs> the I, civilized yeah. discussion going ahead instead so i mean that's you're, that's one of the things and like i think the things that you're talking about as well just like that life skill your your face-to-face -face, um like my flatmate put it in a really good way once a little while ago which is you know jujitsu or grappling essentially is just a microcosm for learning life's toughest lessons you're it's just what you said it's just like you're you're met with this really uncomfortable awkward position and situation you just got to figure out how to get out of it and uh, on a exactly. grand scheme like that's pretty much what's always going to happen in uh in the words of you know rocky balboa it's about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward you know <laughs> how much you can take and keep moving don't do forward. this don't, please don't do the whole speech now please don't do the whole no, speech now no. how about <laughs> 
It's like, don't get me off on one. Nah, yeah, but that's the point, right? It's like, you're always going to, you just basically got to deal with taking the hits and getting yes. back up again. Like, that's what life's always going to throw at you. So if you've had that, like, kind of microcosmic training in that, yeah. like, actually, I can, I can take this. I can handle that. Absolutely. And I think just going back to what you were saying before about it giving you the confidence when you're out, that absolutely for me, it's, it's, it gives me the confidence, like being able to do Thai boxing, being able to vaguely sort of do a little bit of jujitsu and wrestling. Um, no one's going to expect it from someone like me, a tiny, tiny yeah. little girl. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, actually, she can handle herself and throw a fairly mean elbow and a fairly mean knee and maybe like <laughs> sort of attempt some sort of like hook. I don't even know the names, but you know. Yeah. I'll sort of choke choke them out with my arm somehow. Um, <laughs> I don't know the words, uh, but people aren't going to expect it from me, I think. Okay. So it, it is kind of quite cool to, to know all this stuff because you really don't expect me to know how to throw a hook, and yet yeah. I can. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yet I'm fairly lethal uh, like yeah. that. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm going to show up like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. When you yeah. pu when you punch me on the nose, whenever that may yeah, be. Exactly. Yeah. So then, whatever you throw at me, you know that I'll see it coming. I'll see that punch coming, deflect it, and why? then you'll just get a kidney kick. Why? Because I'm dressed as a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You're like, oh, he's no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Obviously, yeah. Like, if, if, if I show up like that, then clearly there's only one reason. I'm oh, there he is. There he is. It's just not because you know you just walk around in a Stay Puft outfit. Um, even if you weren't, I'd see I'd see that punch coming. Yeah. No, I probably wouldn't. To be fair, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> as my trainer, many a time just donk me on the nose. And I'm like, oh, fuck. yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like it's a good thing that we're distanced by the internet right now because like otherwise you just yeah you're getting your fists ready oh uh, do you know what they're punching if, if you're in a situation though like if we talk about this i've talked about this in in thai boxing classes if you are in a situation where you're about to be attacked punching's no good um mm. Apparently, kneeing is the quickest and most useful thing. If you can knee them, how we've got onto this conversation, but if you can actually, because they're not going to expect it. Whereas if you're like, let me just like get my fists up and like hook you. No, that's not going to work. Like kneeing them or even like a Krav Maga move where you whack them on the side of the ears and stun yeah. them and then you kick them is a, is a good thing to do. <laughs> yes, if we do that, yeah. Self-defense 101. Neither. Slap him in the head. Do the eyes. Put him up. Put him up. Sorry. Completely yeah. uh, went off of left field there. But, um, well, tell me tell me about um, the thing you wanted to talk about was like the time management side of things. You were talking about how yes. to right? Yeah. So, so how was that? Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I have a, 
a fairly busy life in that I am a single parent and I run my own business. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's busy in that I do a lot. I don't think I'm, in, I'm exclusive or in any way worse off than anyone else, but you know, you have to deal with everything. So from a childcare aspect, you know, you have to deal with, you know, school drop-offs and pickups, and I have to deal with the domestic side of, you know, everything that you have to do and can think of with the domestic side from paying bills and figuring out <clears throat> broken boilers and whatever it is, cleaning, washing, etc. It's, you know, it all kind of lands on me. Um, and also running a business and not only doing my sessions and making sure that I'm I'm on the ball for the sessions and that I know what I'm talking about, but also just the marketing around what we do. It's not just that you rock up and teach, it's that you have to have to do a, a huge amount around it like admin probably takes up about 25% of my week um, and then I'm in meetings for this new project that I'm doing and then I'm doing things for my program and also I have a dog so I've got to walk the dog several times a week um, it is busy and I read a post yesterday on Instagram that someone posted on their stories about <clears throat> it's like well, why are you so busy you know what 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 is it that you do and it's it's not just that it's the mental load that you have going on in your head. So just to kind of give you a really quick example, like this is this is a thought process some days. It's like, right, you have to get up, you have to feed everyone, you have to make sure that the school uniform's ready, then you have to make sure that everyone is ready and out the door, and, and then you've got to get back, and then should you ring your parents, and then, Joe, oh, hang on a minute, I've got to pay a bill, but then what about my tax? I have to do my tax, and then I've got to remember to think about diocesis rectic. And do you know what I mean? It's like the constant thought process of everything that I have to remember is like oh my god have I paid for the school dinners and how what we're going to eat tonight and then oh, well, I've got to make that from scratch and and it is just that constant thought process of what I need to do on a hourly daily basis and it's that 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 consistently thinking of things and everything that you have to do and it it can be exhausting and Lisa Feldman Barron, and you're going to have to help me out here, G, with, with where I'm going to go with this, but she talks about body budgets. And body budget is basically at a base a level. Yes, sorry, she's a neuroscientist. She's a psychologist. Yes, and um, she's written an amazing couple of books called uh, How Emotions Are Made, Secret Life of the Brain, which is where this information comes from, but also Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain, which is what I'm reading at the moment. And um, she talks about body budget. And basically, it is like our base level of the energy we need to be a human being. You know, it's it's like, how much energy do we need to, to, to function? Um, and I think she refers to it as something called allostasis. And every single living thing on our planet has allostasis. It's like, what do I need to function? So for a lion, it would be that it needs to sleep, recreate, procreate, and then find food. So find, yeah, things to eat. So for us, it's obviously, we're a little bit more complicated, but it's like, how much energy we, do we need? What, what do we need to, to function well? So for me, and because I have a fairly busy life, it's like, I need a lot of energy and I need tools to help me conserve my energy and create energy. So I have to be very, very careful how much energy I expend 
and how much energy I think I'm going to expend. So again, Lisa, Lisa Feldman-Brown talks about the brain is like a predicting machine and the brain's constantly, whether you're thinking about it or not, trying to predict how much energy you're going to need for certain things. So for me, it's like, I guess I'm quite conscious about it. Like I'll look at my week and I'm like, right, I've got this, 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 and this, but my mate has asked me to do a 10 mile run on a Friday. And then I'm like, hmm, I'll have had X amount of sessions. I'll have to, would have had to do this and this and this with my son. Am I going to have essentially the body budget to do that 10 mile run? But then also, am I going to have the ability and the cognitive function to be able to function to teach after that 10 mile run? Am I going to be present enough with my child if I use that energy there to then be present and listen to his emotional needs and his and meet his physical needs and everything. So it's like I'm constantly juggling and weighing up how much energy I have and how much energy I have for certain things. Because it, it may sound really lame, but I have to have enough energy to work. I have to have enough energy to work and make money. I have to have enough energy to to look after my child. So those are my top priorities. So other things kind of fall by the wayside but I know that they're important, um, like, you know, when we are allowed out going out and things like that, it's like that possibly wouldn't be as big a priority to me as staying in and resting and, and resting properly, i.e. not looking at my phone and, I don't know, doing some breathing or doing um, what's called a yoga nidra, which is pretty much a relaxation, or doing some form of meditation, which for me would be going for a walk with my dog in the fields, in the woodland and and not taking anything with me. So it's it's about navigating ways to, to conserve my energy, but to also build energy. For example, getting really, really high quality sleep. So nose breathing, mouth taping, but also that bedtime routine and getting into a really, really strict bedtime routine, which I don't really come out of. Um, so it may come across as a little bit boring, but it's it's just how I manage to navigate my life at the moment because it's so busy. And it's things like nutrition as well. It's like I'm very, very careful with my nutrition. I don't eat a lot of processed food. I hydrate. I don't drink any alcohol whatsoever. Um, and and it, it is it just it, when you have so much juggling up in the air and you're trying to constantly keep everything going all these like very basic things have to have to have to be present the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. It's not there's a lot of things you said that we could start picking apart, but yeah. The most recent thing is like it's not boring. There's, there's no, like, I know. I, I think sometimes people think it, it is because I don't drink yeah. and I go to sleep at ten thirty every night. But it's like that's the only way that I can handle my life. Otherwise, you're not going to get, or my son's not going to get you know, the best part of me or my clients, I might get something wrong and or I might teach something badly and and that can't happen. So yeah. so it's like, I mean, boring to the extent of like you're basically making decisions on what's more important to you, right? Yeah. It's like what's what's actually relevant for your day to day life. And you're like, alcohol doesn't fit into that. Cool. No way. It's gone. Other people are like, yeah, this is boring. Uh, but for you is like I think it's a bit more I think it's actually pretty exciting to be present for my son and yeah. do a job that I love. So I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather do that well, right? So, um, yeah, in the sense of, like, I mean, if you 
people want to look at it as being boring, fine. Uh, but it's just it's generally in this in the what you consider the mundane stuff is where you're going to be able to make the most change to be able to live a healthful and fulfilling yeah. life, right? Because um, I mean, I'm pretty certain it's like if you if you're if you're not healthy, I don't know how your life can be fulfill, be fulfilling. So I agree. Your your um, it's just like the pursuit of getting that balance, and um, as you're doing, is like hey, you know what? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of value in this. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of value being me being present for my kid and being present for my students and being present like being able to function for my business. And um, so yeah, so it's like it's the I guess like mostly. It's just, I guess, it's about defining it really. This is where I was, this is what I mean about it being boring because people consider it being boring, but at the end of the day, it's like, it is, it's, it's always unglamorous. It's like to function well, to yeah. perform well is always unglamorous. Everybody like, might just see the end, uh, end product. You know, I think you know, athletes or anybody at the top of their game, um, superstars and stuff like that, they're the, mm. they're the easiest ones to look at. It's like, you know, you're just looking at an end product essentially just what they're what they're displaying but they're doing the same things they're like they're optimizing nutrition getting the right amount of sleep they're getting the recovery on point they've got people to look after them so if they get injured they're doing exactly the right thing at exactly the right point during yes. their recovery process and um and that shit is dull <laughs> if, if, they, if that's the way you want so to dull yeah but but ultimately it's like actually that's that's where the good stuff is. That's where the exciting stuff is because you just realize that if I get this right, I'm going to feel like a freaking awesome human being. So yeah. is it boring? No, not really. Uh, you just got to reframe it. And I think I, and, and you said exactly the right thing. It's like, I don't find it boring. I think it's just that I maybe feel the pressure maybe from society as a whole. It's like, you don't drink you go you know you don't really go out you don't do anything but it's like but but at the same time it it's like I feel the healthiest and strongest I've ever felt in my life and I manage everything that I have to manage despite it all so actually when you have really solid nutrition and hydration and you're not drinking or you know and you're you're getting that exercise level right and uh, yeah it 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 does make a difference and um sometimes i get it wrong i've i've massive learning curves sometimes i i you know sometimes i don't sleep well and it, and it, you know the stress gets on top of me and but then i guess what's great is being a trainer and and having these conversations and all the books that we read and and know and love it's like you know how how to get around that. It's like, if I can't sleep, I will just start doing some and breathing or I'll put on the yoga nidra or uh, yeah, there, there's stuff I can do. Or I'll, I'll take supplementation like magnesium, um, which is just something that I take to help my system calm down and help me transition into sleep. Um, so yeah, I know everything I need to do. And then more often than not, the next day sleep is better. It's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm very mindful. It's like, oh, I got that wrong. Let's try again the next day. You know, no one's perfect. And it is just, it's a learning curve every single time. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah you're, just iter- you're just iterating on yourself every time. It's like, oh, something didn't go quite go right. Let me figure that out mm. better the next time. Maybe mm-hmm. something different might not go right, but you're higher up the, 
the curve. You know, you're, yeah. you're doing better each time. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's no bad thing at the end of the day. It's just the way things are. If we're too wrapped up in being perfect and everything, as um, I once was, I just realized like by being that way, it's like I'm not getting anything done. Like, I'm not getting anything useful done. Um, it's just not helping me out. It's like, oh shit, okay, this needs to be perfect. And what when you say what needs to be perfect, what what were you thinking? What just your nutrition or what was what had to be perfect? Yeah, it could be anything. It's just like um, it could be you know my system for training clients, or it could be my nutrition. It could be my training. It could be um, it could be my yeah sleep routines. It could be just, you know, just something as simple as you know, how I'm interacting with people. Mm -hmm. but, um, it's like, yeah, it needs to be the perfect interaction, or it needs to be the perfect sleep, or it needs to be the perfect nutrition. So, so I could, I could make plans to get the perfect nutrition. It's like, okay, I'm going to eat this, this, and this on this given day. This is this many calories, and I know I'm within my you know, limits for the particular goal that I have, and I'm going to do that. And if it's like, yeah, if one little thing just like kind of deviates off that, then it's just, it's basically all or nothing. It just doesn't work. Yeah, How did that make you feel if you deviated? It would. Uh, it would it piss you off, like, or just would it just you know throw everything out and you're like, oh fuck it, I'm just that's it now, or what would happen? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it would just be like you know you're fucking useless. Why can't you do this? And then because of that, um, like self derogatory mm -hmm. type feeling of just like high hyper self critical, it's just wouldn't do anything. And um, it's just like that just doesn't make any sense. So it's, uh, training wise, was okay, cool. I'm gonna do. This on this day, I'm going to do this on this day, I'm going to do this on this day. And um, again, if it doesn't happen, it's like, all right, well, that was, that's not going to happen now, so forget about it. it just, oh, so the whole training program for the week would go out. You're just like that, bosh, done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Or, just, or, or it would just be like, oh, maybe, you know, that's not correct. So I need to, this isn't the right training program, so I need mm -hmm. to adapt it. And it was just like that constant thing of thinking it was just, if it's not perfect, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so just constantly going through that loop. And you just realize, no, it's not perfect because it's never going to be. So all you keep doing is just iterating towards that. And so when I started finally just giving myself a break on that kind of thing, mm. just, um, yeah, everything just got better. I just had a much more, um, better understanding of um, how, to, how to improve my life, essentially. And, uh, you know, again, a good way to look at it was not having trained for like the longest time because ages ago like I picked up an injury I was like this doesn't make any sense I'm supposed to be you know young fit and healthy mm -hmm. why have I got this injury because I don't know why I got it and then I just like just stopped and I just mm. did nothing for ages but there was, right. there was a lot of value in that because what I did there was all right, I'm gonna go back to basics and I'm trying to understand my body I'm going to understand the human body and I'm going to take those lessons I'm going to apply it to myself and um, so then when I finally decided I'm going to actually start doing some training again, um, I was trying to put something together which was just you know, just trying to be too perfect. Mm -hmm. Like I need to, to be this, this, and this. And I just wouldn't train. And then when I actually got that out of my head, I was like, I'm just going to stop. Like I don't even have a plan. I don't even know what I'm about to do. But I'm going to pick up a weight and I'm going to do it. Right. And then I did that. I was like, okay, cool. So um you know, I know obviously about structuring exercise and stuff. So I was like, all right, well, that was a push exercise. I'm going to do another push exercise for the upper body. And then, cool, done. And then a couple of days later, I did pull exercises. 
I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to see what right. happens. And then, you know, it started to build up. First of all, I started to get the routine. I started mm-hmm. to actually train. And then I was like, okay, well, I've been doing this. I can refine this now. I can make this a little bit better. So I did. Started improving that. And I started improving that. Then I got some help with it as well. Actually, Umar really helped me out with uh, um, a plan. Right. Because um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get started. Don't care what the hell I do. And then when the time's right, I'm going to start putting a more um, precise plan in place. Started doing that with uh, with the help of Umar. And uh, yeah, it was great. Brilliant. Because it was just like iterative progress. And it didn't feel like there was any failure at any point. It was mm. just, I'm just doing and uh, that's better than not doing, basically. And that's brilliant. That's, um, yeah. yeah. Doing is better than not doing. Sense. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful example of how mindset and changing your mindset can can change how you you run your life. <laughs> Gone out of focus there. Um, and that level of perfectionism, which I absolutely have as well, um, can massively keep you stuck. That's it, it's all gone now, forget it, I'm not going to do anything. And it and it can actually just inhibit everything. Whereas when you change that mindset and you, you're a little bit more gentle with yourself, that's hugely powerful. And look what happened, you, you just, you know, and, and I think once you start as well, rather than going, oh, that's all screwed up, didn't get it right. Once you start and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do some push exercises, that then creates that positive neural pathway of I can do this. So then I'm going to go, you know, next couple of days, I'm going to try something else. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a great way to carry on. And I think that's a, a hugely important message as well. It's like, it doesn't matter if you screw up. I screw up all the time. And just get back on it. And, and, and you carry on. And, and that, that's how you create progress, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's, um, like, there's a great quote, don't know it inside out, I don't know off my heart, but it's just mm-hmm. the structure of it I remember, which is just basically it's much better to start an okay plan right now than a perfect plan next week. Yeah, because I agree with that. next week we'll keep coming. And you'll be like, oh, no, it's yeah. not perfect yet. I'm going to come next week. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I've got an okay plan right now. It's like, yeah, cool, start now, and I'll just, just build going. into a perfect plan. And um, I like what you're thinking. Always like, you know, start the thing and start badly. Your sound's gone funny. Oh, yeah. How's that? A bit better, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, start the thing and start badly. You know, have a haphazard plan in place. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. right. It's just because at the end of the day, what the hell do you know? And you yeah. like about how to execute something properly. You just, 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 just keep going. Just yeah. start and then get better and better and better and better because you're learning from what you didn't do so well um, in each in each, uh, in each part of the path. Every single time. And I think I could definitely bring that back to my program and how you were like, just start it, just just get something done, just get it down on paper. Just start. And now, I mean, I know it's taking me time just because of everything else, but it's come so much further than I ever thought it would. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and now it's, it's changed and morphed into something else that's going to hopefully be a really useful program for people online and, um, and it will change again. But it was, I, and I, I was really stuck because I was like, maybe I should do a degree in neuroscience. And then when I have that, then I can do that program. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, just 
Start. Yeah. Just do the program. Yeah. You don't need a degree in neuroscience. Um, yeah. Take you for about twenty years. Um, and so and so that's when you sort of like came in and went just just get all your ideas on, down on paper and start and and just doing that was like kablam there we go and and <laughs> and um and yeah it's it's taken on a bit of a life of its own so it is it's like you don't need the perfect qualification or the perfect amount of time or whatever it's like just start and 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 carry on from there and it will get better over time and i think you could put that into any area of your life to be honest yeah, yeah exactly and i mean here's a thought as well like anything that's worth doing perfectly is probably just means that's a that's a lifetime endeavor absolutely so, so here's the yeah, and here's the thing about it as well which is you know, people you know, think once my nutrition is set, it's like that's it. Mm-hmm. Once my training is set, that is it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, once uh, you know, we help people get out of back pain as well, so it's like, you know, once I'm out of back pain, that's it. It's like, you know, it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a lifelong thing, you know, it's yeah. just in the sense that, yeah, you'll be out of pain, but you got to, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You know, yeah. that's, that's got to carry on. The things you've learned, those basic movement strategies that you've learned to help yourself get out of that pain you're going to have to keep applying it to some degree as um uh, throughout your life absolutely uh, otherwise you're just going to move backwards and then even nutrition as well it's like i mean i coach it to people i'm messing around with mine all the time same it's yeah what all right what can i do here if i'm bored of something like just same thing over and over Okay, well, how can I replace that? You know, mm. some different things. So I basically create different. Essentially, I could. I've got like you know several different ways I can eat during the course of a day, yeah. and that keeps things interesting. Um, if I need it to be, otherwise, you know, stick with the routine. Like the yeah, routine. so absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's just things change over time as well, in the sense of like you know what you prioritize and what you value. So if you, yeah, if if you're trying to make one thing perfect then you might get halfway through that journey and just kind of walk out somewhere else it's not gonna work yeah again that's okay as well it's not like it's not like you're supposed to stay like um completely steady and you will have different things come up and you just you just adapt to it or you just different interests that show up or different curiosities or um you just change your goal you have a different goal after after a little bit of time so that's always going to require adaptation as opposed to something being perfect yeah i absolutely agree with um with that and as you were talking it made me think about something else like you know how sometimes people say when i'm this everything's going to be cool like when i've lost all the weight things will be better when i when i move house things are going to be better when you know it could be anything couldn't it when I've when I've finished my course, everything's going to be better. It's like not necessarily. I think you've just got to start things now and 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 have it messy and exactly as it is now. It's not perfect. Maybe you haven't lost the weight. Maybe you know. It's like it's like for me, okay, with the Invisalign. It's like I'm so glad I started because in a year's time, I'm going to be annoyed if I hadn't. So it's just just start. Don't worry. 
Yeah, as opposed to, I wish I'd done this 20 years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I'd done it 20 years ago. But, you know, it's, 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 there's never a right time to, to do something, is there? It's like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you're not fit enough. It's like, I, I hear it all the time about, oh, I'm not fit enough for martial art. I'm going to wait until I'm a bit fitter and then start. It's like, no, just start. It's fine. Just, just do it. And then, then the fitness comes. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start running when I feel a bit better. It's like, okay, unless you have a structural injury or it feels uncomfortable, just start, just try. You don't know until you get out and try those first steps. It's like, or it's always, you know, when I feel like this, it's like, as long as you're not injured and you can do something safely, do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. It's like, yeah, that's a good point as well. When this, when that, when things fall into place. Yeah. It's like the, the only way to fall into place is because you make them fall into place. Exactly. So exactly. That's the only. That's the only way. You have to. You have to do it. I agree. Mm. You just start from wherever and just uh, just plow on, because, um, yeah, I think um, I think it ties a little bit in with what I've been thinking about this week as well, which mm -hmm. was um, just you know. The idea of intrinsic motivation, uh, well, not the idea, the concept of it, and how you know we use that to propel ourselves forward. So if we're kind of, and you know, there's certain things here which I've been thinking about, which we can you know, explore. But there's other mm -hmm. things which are like kind of like the concrete. It's like we know if we if we do this, then um, this is this is the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times we're just like you know we're making goals based on what we think we want as opposed to what we know we want like what we feel we want and uh, we can be making goals based around um what uh what it looks like that society tells us is um, is the right thing to do for us um that's a bit harder to pick up on because mm. at the end of the day we are always influenced by people around us and by the environment that we're in but um but how much of uh, that influence do we actually um make our own and so it is something that becomes an intrinsic thing. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, uh, I'll do this because, you know, yeah, so it just basically ties into the extrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation is like uh, the drive that comes from within. Mm -hmm. Extrinsic motivation is like um, you have you, you have a drive which is coming from without. So it's just, uh, you know, if it's, uh, for example, if it's weight loss, you might decide that I need to lose, like the, the number on the scale is the external thing that you're aiming for, right? Right. And, and then we, you know, we can talk about pros and cons of either having intrinsic motivation or extrinsic motivation, but the, but the idea essentially is if we have a drive that comes from within, that's going to be a lot more powerful and it's going to keep us on the route to our goal um much more effectively than if the goal that we have is extrinsic Intrinsic, yep. and uh, right. more ex externally driven and um i mean we can see that happen when there's if we go back to the weight loss goal and you're looking at the weighing number on the scales and you're thinking okay i weigh you know, throw in some random numbers i weigh 70 kilos but i'd rather weigh 65. okay so when you want to drop five kilos and just stop going down that route but the thing about weight loss is, like most journeys, it's not quite linear, right? Absolutely. You will, you will drop some weight, but sometimes it will come up 
and then you would start dropping again and uh, go down that route. It's just a little bit of that up and down that goes on. And if it's purely externally driven, like you're just looking at the number on the scale and you hit that day where the number goes up, um, you're just going to be like, oh, I failed. That's it. Yeah. Right? Whereas if the drive is more internal in that, okay, there is some weight to lose, but what's the... What's, it's not just about the number on the scale. There's something else there, right? Mm. Is because that can be driven by like you know the, the external stuff, and you know, we're talking about like you know, society having an influence on the way you think about how you should, how much you should weigh, how you should look as a certain individual. But then, where is that actually coming from? From within you, like right. what's the driver for you? It's like the number on the scale might be a driver, but how do we turn that inwards and say, okay, but that number on the scale means what to you? It's like, okay, it means that I'm I'm fitter, I'm healthier, I'm able to, um, for some people, it's like I'm able to have more energy, I can do more with my day, um, I have less mental stress about um, the state of my health and whether I'm going to be in, um, in good shape in five years from now and 10 years from now. And uh, do I need medications because right now it's, I'm overweight and and I need to I need to bring that under control. And and so the more you create those drivers, and it's like okay, well, how does that make you feel? Because you can lose that weight and it doesn't make you feel any different. No. You can you've done it and it was just an arduous process. Um, the calorie restriction was horrific. Uh, the exercises you were doing were just pushing overtraining you. And it's just just problems galore, you know. Mm. Uh, whereas, um, uh, whereas uh, having that more of an intrinsic drive is going to be something that allows you to stick to the journey because it's not just about the the number on the scale. There's a hell of a lot more going behind that, and so you create uh, a greater drive around your goals so it's like it's almost like you know where obstacles come up my way i'm going to plow through them and um and then it's like when you get there this is important as well as like mm-hmm. talking about when this when that it's like when you get there you're not just like oh i've got it now it's because it's come from internal and you know the feeling that is attached to it you know the motivation that is attached to it you're able to just keep going it's like uh, yeah, it won't just really it won't just be like yeah okay when I get there things will be great. It's like yeah I've got here things are great, but I know that um, I know that this is bigger than just getting here. Yeah, and then you just keep pushing forward. Um, so there's it, when 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 we're setting goals, I think yeah, a lot of the time it can be done wrong, and we need to come back to how to do it well. And that comes into like first and foremost is just you know what's what's driving you, what's intrinsically driving you, what's yeah. what's the reason for it. Um, don't give that surface, <clears throat> don't give that surface answer. It's got to be about more than that. It's got to be about um, where it's uh, where it's coming from uh, from a deeper level, like you know, kind of in your soul, so that you will you will make it happen. Whereas the other the other flip side of it is. You know, if it's purely extrinsic, like you kind of get there and you're like, oh, I got here now, but it's not as great mm. as I thought it would be. Now what? You know? Yeah, because it wasn't purely, it wasn't coming from, it wasn't coming from within. Yeah. It's like, now what? And then you do it again and you're like, oh, it feels the same. You're like, again, it doesn't feel like great. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's just okay. like internalize it as much as you can, and then you're going to get something. Um, you're going to achieve something way far greater than the goal itself. Absolutely, I think that's hugely important. The intrinsic reward system, if you like, and I think I hope this ties in with. But what when you were speaking, it kind of made me think about how we practice gratitude. And if you're constantly looking at that extrinsic reward and you're constantly focusing on that endpoint and not the process of getting there and almost rewarding that internal process at each point, then when you get to that end goal, yeah, it'll be you might appreciate it for a little bit, but you know, it'll be like, now what? next or it won't feel that great it's why you know a lot of people they get to a point they get a good job and they're like oh great now what or they do lose the weight and it's like now what and I think to keep you focused and 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 keep those in intrinsic uh points on track is is that ability to practice gratitude and Mm. basically practicing gratitude is just maybe once a week writing down things maybe in terms of your goal maybe just in terms of your life things that you are grateful for people that you are grateful for um because that creates positivity but it also keeps us in the present moment and keeps us within that internal intrinsic system right we're not focusing on something that isn't tangible that is in the future that we haven't got hold of yet it's bringing us back back into the present moment so i think hopefully what you were saying thinking about gratitude and rewarding that process of, you know, if you, if you do practice gratitude, it's like, I ate really well today. I, I'm on track rather than my scales say that I'm 69 kilos. I ate really, really well. I was solid with my nutrition and I managed three runs this week or, you know, or it's, I'm grateful for my trainer because they said something to me that was really important and it made me think about it. So it's just internalizing that process and, and and rewarding those little steps. But, and yeah, not making it extrinsic. If you're like, I don't know, I'm going to be able to fit into clothes better and the scale says this, then I, I don't know, it, it, it kind of takes it away. Whereas if you do practice this, this here and now, um, I think I think that can keep you more appreciative of how much you've achieved and and keeps you in check as well. So I hope that ties in with what you're saying that gratitude is a really important thing to to practice even if it's one tiny little thing. I I'm I'm grateful for the fact that I I you know I I stuck with my diet this week or whatever it is in yeah. terms of back pain. I mean, when you were talking as well, I was thinking more like in terms of pain and how recovering from pain and healing from things like back pain isn't linear and you do have flare ups and ups and downs. And if you looked at someone's recovery, it's like it's literally up and down on a graph and some days are good, some days are bad. And sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. But if we can just, I don't know, bring it back to that intrinsic reward system and practice a bit of gratitude, go, okay, yeah, my back still hurts but I was able to get down on the floor and move a bit better today, or I, I slept better and it felt better within, within my system. Yeah. I think that's really important. If you're just focusing on the, when am I going to get out of pain or when am I going to lose weight? It's not going to be a great feeling when you get there. I think. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think 
with with um, with pain is that there's a lot more. Is like once you got there, is like, yeah, this is amazing, you know. But so it's definitely a case of how you got there as well, because if it's just pain medication, numbing yourself, yeah. Yeah. that kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, you're out of pain, but that's that's no fun, you know. Yeah, so exactly. It's like, uh, yeah, that's not going to feel great in that. Okay, I've got that relief. I feel great that I got the relief, but mm. what are you doing to yourself to be able to attain that relief? Yes. Um, and that is, you know, long term is damaging is it's not going to it's not going to be effective for you whereas no. actually you're working on the thing that is underlying the, all of that and you're doing exactly what you said there as well you're appreciating that you are actually moving better you can get up and down off the floor better than you ever have done before um uh, since since you had the pain and um and because often times as well better movement come precedes um uh, reduction in pain yes so, so you're like, I'm, if you're completely fixated on the pain has gone, the pain has gone, it's like you're going to miss out on everything yeah. going better, and uh, which will lead to uh, getting out of pain. So, um, so yeah, you just you, you got to have that bigger picture and showing that gratitude is a huge part of that intrinsic process as well. Massively. Now we're essentially we're wired for more negative information making its way in to our psyche mm-hmm. than for positive information. And you know, like some estimates put it at um, uh, the you know, ratio of nine to one. Like you know, absorb nine bits of negative information for every one bit of positive. But you have to do what right. you can to um, uh, redress that balance. Uh, you have to make it more of an active process. And gratitude is excellent at that. And especially if you're suffering from pain, by showing gratitude for your body, like that's an important part. Is uh, yeah. I, I would say for me, this is what I ask clients to do: is like actually show gratitude for your body. Yeah, really good idea. Yeah, because you you hate it. You know, you're like it's in pain. Yeah, angry with it. Sucks. Yeah, you're angry with it. Yeah, angry, frustrated. You know, think about how that sits in your body. Does that make it feel any better? No, it doesn't. Not really. So if you actually show some appreciation for the fact that it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing in this moment, um, and you know, and appreciate where. Well, way you can that helps anxiety as well so when you're lowering your anxiety you're lowering your um, sensitivity to pain as well and realizing that okay there's more optimism when you're more optimistic you're able to handle pain better absolutely so because it's not just a physical thing it's a mental thing and it's a objective thing so you're introducing a subjective protocol here and that's helping you improve your improve your pain symptoms and because you build optimism and lower anxiety, it makes it easier for you to you feel more drive to yeah. do the exercises you need to do to get you out of pain. And and then so it creates that positive feedback loop. And you, so the more you do it, the better the better things become. So absolutely gratitude is a massively important part of um not just a process to get a result, but just part of life. It's just to get Absolutely. And everything you just said, I mean, all of that, if we track that back to what I was talking about with energy levels, it's like all of that's going to help your body budget and conserve your energy levels. But if you're less anxious, less stress, you're going to have more body budget to do the things that you need to do. And then you're going to feel less pain. And then if you feel less pain, you're going to have more energy. So it's like this really nice circle of of good. So, yeah, that's, that's what we want. Um, 
want people to have really yeah exactly just realize that yeah, just there's there is a way out of it and sure. a lot of people feel resigned to it um they can feel like you know all right well i'm getting older i guess this is a part of getting older this is it no it doesn't have to be it, this is it. yeah not at all it's like you're absolutely not, um yeah you're not you're not made to just hold on to pain you know you're made no. to work your way through it so when it comes to low back pain it's like okay let's get those basics right you know because the basics yeah. are going wrong you're going to get them right um, and we're talking about like chronic here as well it's like if you're acute i.e you've actually got trauma you know you've just suffered from something it's like okay well let's let that settle down yeah that needs to dial down yeah. yeah and then let that physically repair um but usually within three to six months of that you're all ready to yeah, really take on some um, pro, uh, rehab pro protocols um and so yeah it's like look at a bigger picture is like there's so many things you can do to help you improve the, the symptoms and help you improve your quality of life so that yeah. you're not just getting rid of the pain you're actually staying away from it as well it's, it's, it's you're doing what you can to make sure it uh, it doesn't come back and a note on it coming back it, like at some point it will, it will get yeah, yeah. It will get some sort of flare-up um but the thing is it's going to be like so much more manageable it's going to be manageable by having yeah. by having these tools and at the end of the day thinking that your life is going to be pain-free is just a it just doesn't happen it's non-existent it yeah it's unrealistic yeah yeah you, and, you're always going to experience it on some level so it's just a matter of knowing what you can do for it about it and uh and then yeah it's safe in the knowledge that you have the tools to be able to deal with it and you feel good absolutely and as a back pain sufferer myself i i know that there are moments where my back will flare up for no reason other than you know i might be overstressed anxious or i haven't slept well and and because my back i have a condition i know that it is I, I just have to manage it along with everything else. I have to manage that condition and everything that we've just spoken about. That's what you have to do. You have to, you know, have your base level of exercises that you always return to when you are in a flare up and, and know that because you know how to manage that back pain, it will go generally, you know, if there is inflammation there, it is going to go with gentle movement and, and and do keep moving and even if it's tiny little movements keeping moving when with most back conditions is key than than lying in bed and not doing anything or taking painkillers like I as someone that has a fairly gnarly back condition I can absolutely say hand on heart that just keep moving even if it's gently tiny five minutes or small walk anything that you can will definitely help and, uh, you know, and I know that there's always going to be moments where I'm in pain and you you just have to navigate through them. It's like I was talking last week about the the idea around I, I don't think it's that I'm never going to get injured, but I know that I'm always going to recover. It's that same thing. It's like I know when I'm in a back flare that I will recover and I'll use the tools and I'll use everything that I have to make that happen. Yeah. And what is your gnarly condition? So I have something called a spondylolithesis, which um, 
really simply is where one of the vertebra and usually they're in the lumbar spine but they can be elsewhere but a vertebra so the actual bone in my lumbar spine has slipped forward so this sometimes gets confused with um, when people call disc herniations disc slips they're not slip discs an intervertebral disc which is the disc in between the vertebra doesn't slip it it prolapses it, it herniates so it protrudes through but it doesn't slip like the actual vertebra slip and that's what I have so one of my lumbar spine uh, segments has slipped forward and so it, it almost creates like if you imagine like a drawer getting stuck within within I don't know a chest of drawers if the drawer gets stuck it kind of it's hinged and stuck so I have to be really careful what movements I do but I generally do most movements because I believe that we should, because movement, functional movement, we have to be able to bend and extend our spine and move and rotate. I tend to do most movements, but I'm very, very careful. Um, the pain it causes, like, um, I, I find it very hard to arch my spine back. It gets a bit stuck. It looks a bit um, frozen, a bit stuck. Like I can't really move it. Uh, and yeah, it can just feel very stiff and achy around that area. And it, it just almost look, it changes my posture ever so slightly. I don't look like I've got a normal posture in that I haven't got much of a curve in my lumbar spine. It almost looks like that area is fused, but um, there is mobility there. And I do a lot of work around it, but I also know when not to push it. So there'll be certain exercises in class that I won't do. Or I'll just say to my guys, you guys can probably do this more. I'm not going to do this today. So it's just working around um, the area. And, and most of the time, it's fine. And I can do things like jujitsu and Thai boxing, and I don't have any problems. But I just, I know when to be careful and, and sit back and rest and take it down a notch, if you like. Well, I'd say, like, it's a hell of a testament to how well you take care of yourself. Yeah. To be able to do intense, intense sports like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, and yeah. Thai boxing as well, because they put a lot of, they can put a lot of shit through the back. Huge strain, um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of things that people struggle with in grappling is, uh, is a lot of back pain. Mm. Just the amount of flexion extension the back can go through. So the fact Absolutely. that you're doing that is a massive testament to um, the quality of work that you've done to take care of yourself because there'd be so many people who are like, I've got spondy. Mm. There's no way I'm doing it. And you're like, no, there is a way that you can do it if you but, wanted to do it. And it's just a matter of building up that yeah. function around around your spine so that you give yourself a chance. It's, yeah, it is. It's just, it, it is learning those exercises that are going to keep you strong and um, but also trusting and I, and I think I read this the other day it's like your spine is far stronger than you realize I think people walk around thinking that our spines are these delicate fragile things but they're not that you know our center of mass is based around our, our lumbar spine like it has to be sturdy and when I got that into my head a little while ago a few years ago it's like our spines are far more you know um they have more strength than than we ever realized and and I, I also I just feel like I wanted to put myself through and see what I was capable of you know especially with wrestling it's it's a difficult it's a difficult sport in that respect and you are sometimes being crushed or you're being pulled and 
and I wanted to see whether I could do it. And again, as long as I'm careful, I haven't got injured in that way. I might have got cauliflower ear and a, and a bashed up tooth, but my spine has held out beautifully. Your spine is a lot stronger. You know, people think um, crumbling, they feel like they're broken, they feel like you're beyond repair. You're not. Uh, no, no, no way. Um, you're, yeah. You're With the right rehab. Yeah. You're strong. Yeah. With the right, right rehab program, you can absolutely make it a lot stronger. Yeah, it's a good place to leave it today. Yeah. Finish off on a good discussion about just, you know, get your drive in place, make it come from within. And uh, just know that there's always a way out of um, you know, that discomfort. Definitely. Yeah, good stuff. Great. Nice one, Juju. It was a good, cool. uh, good chatting with you today. Yeah, definitely. So for yeah, for everybody listening, please uh, tell us what you think of the episode. You know, go on Apple Podcasts. Um, and uh, leave a five-star rating or review if you're so inclined, if you're enjoying the content, because uh, that helps us get the word out there about the show. And um, uh, follow the show on Instagram at Evolve Achieve Thrive. Send us a message, tell us what you think. If you need help with any of these issues, um, you know, if you're ready to start doing something about you know, your lower back pain and you want to get out of um, the hell that it produces, mm. then send us a message. You know, we're, we're here to help. This is, this is our wheelhouse. This is what we do. And um, yeah, we'll be happy to hear from you. And uh, yeah, please like, yeah, subscribe to the show, um, drop us a line, and uh, yeah, we look forward to giving, spreading some more content for you next next week. <laughs>